get a fast car I want a ticket to anywhere Maybe we make a deal Maybe together we can get somewhere Any place is better Starting from zero, got nothing to lose Maybe we'll make something Me, myself, I got nothing to prove Welcome to the very first episode of Pigeons in a Pod, powered by the Intermission Sports. You're kind of wondering, Pigeons in a Pod? I thought it was two Pigeons in a Pod. Well, me and Toronto decided, for the brand, we're going to merge it with the Intermission. As you know, we have multiple new podcasts coming out. Currently, the Extra Innings is dropped, the Charge is dropped, Outside the Cockpit is dropped, and then we have one to two more shows in the work right now. So about five to six different podcasts. That's insane. But Toronto, um, two pigeons was fun for a while. I know we yeah. kind of uh, we kind of lost track of it after a while. I think we had maybe one episode the last six months, maybe. Yeah, probably if not. <laughs> yeah, we were about twenty two episodes deep and uh, yeah, now we're here. Yeah. It's risen from the ashes. <laughs> You know, I was downtown a couple of days ago, and well, I live downtown. I, w- I was outside a couple of days ago, and I saw a pigeon, and I yelled Toronto at it, and it didn't turn around. So, anyways, um, welcome to pigeon, <laughs> welcome to pigeons in a pod. This is the first episode of it. I am joined by uh, Nathan Shield, who was on the last NHL episode we did, and Kaylin Roberts, all of them contributors at the Intermission Sports. What's going on, guys? What's up, Alex? So Alex? I can't see Kalen right now. I'm looking at his ceiling. But we're going to talk a little bit about hockey. Um, obviously, this is the hockey podcast. Let's talk about the, the Lion A Dubois trade. We, me and Nathan, we went into it with uh, Ryan a couple of weeks ago when the trade first happened. Now we have seen Lion A play for the Jackets. I don't think Dubois played yet, has he? Yeah, I think he did. He yeah, played he one played game. His first game. Okay, he played his first game. How did he do? I didn't watch it. To be honest, I lost. I didn't, <laughs> I, I didn't watch it either. Um, sorry to our Winnipeg boy Gavin Axelrod at the intermission. I did not watch that game, but I'll try and watch the next Jets game. Line A, on the other hand, um, played a couple games already. Got benched in one of them. Um, in that game, six minutes left in the second period. John Tortorella sat him. He didn't play the rest of the game. They did win that game, but. People thought it had something to do with defensive effort, and then it came out that he got into a verbal disagreement or argument with one of the assistants. He came out and said, I should have been benched. It's uh, not going to affect my play, and that's history. Um, We still can't really determine how the trades worked out because it's been like one game for Dubois, three games for Lion A. But it's pretty interesting to see how the Canadian media took a little run with that. Yeah, I mean, if it's, you know, obviously they said that it's, um, there was an issue with it with, the, with one of the guys on the coaching staff and they got into a verbal argument and Line A did admit that it was his fault. So I, you know, I totally backed Tortorella for benching him in that, in that case. It's not like Duval was getting benched because he quite frankly wasn't trying. Um, but, you know, when you have, when you have a go at it with, uh, with a coach, it's not really, it's not a good luck to keep playing the player. Frankly, I'm just a little surprised it's happened this early. I mean, we've been there for like five games, I think it was, in four games, and you know, it's already like already an issue. I mean, there's always kind of been that narrative in Winnipeg that 
Ronnie's kind of tough to deal with. He's got a bad attitude. So I think that just that happening so early is a bit surprising for kind of everyone in the media. I mean, people were talking about it as a possibility, but I don't think anyone expected it to happen so soon. So it's, it's definitely surprising. But I mean, outside of that, I think Ronnie's been pretty good for that. Blue Jackets. I mean, defensively, he's the same line, but he's looking unreal on their power play. So, I mean, that is what it is. Yeah, I I was kind of surprised that was this early, but I was also not surprised. I mean, Lenny is known for not having the greatest attitude. And I mean, I fully backed you on Tortorella, even like since Lenny was talking back to a coach, I fully support him in benching him because that's just not how you treat the the coaches that are trying to help you become a better player or teach you different ways to play the game, especially at such a young age as mine is. Speaking of bad attitude, Josh Hosang just got released by a Swedish team. Did you guys hear about that? Um, as we know, Josh Hosang had all the talent in the world. I think he went to the Swedish league, and it was funny. The same day he got released, before the release happened, I was watching a Don Cherry clip saying, Back when he was on the same team with McDavid, Hosang had as much skill, if not more, skill than 14-year-old Connor McDavid. It's just the attitude was not there for him. And then the same exact day, the Swedish team came out with a press release saying um, it didn't work out the way we thought it would. And now Josh Hosang, I don't know where he is. I don't know if he's going to the AHL or he's not playing in Sweden. So you got a elite NHL talent player like he could play that can't even last in the Swedish league and I don't know if if the attitude is something that we want to want to discuss like what do you guys think like what's going on how, with Josh Hosang? how long is his contract how how long does his I contract I, go for honestly I think he's still RFA eligible if he's even on the contract um I can look it up right now because like you know You've seen it before where guys with attitude issues will go to another team and try to figure it out there. But, like, it's the same dance every year around, like, uh, the free agency time is like, oh, okay. So Josh saying is just not going to find a team anymore or again. Rather. And it's just, it's almost like a schedule at this point. I feel like we haven't really seen a situation like Josh Hosang's in a, in a bit. I mean, there's a lot of guys that are drafted high that don't really pan out. But they're in the NHL, you know. I mean, to have a guy drafted that high, I mean, you know, I believe he was a late first rounder for the Islanders. I mean, I don't think he's ever really played significant NHL time. I think as long as NHL season was like 20 games. So that, I mean, is, is pretty surprising to me. It's like the most surprising part. I mean, there's a lot of guys that seem to have attitude issues that, and stick in the NHL for like a season or two. I mean, Tony D'Angelo just got cut, but he was in the NHL for a while, and there was always talk about his attitude before that. So, I mean, it's it's just a weird situation all around, I think, with Hosang. I mean, he lit it up in junior, but then never really found his footing in the NHL. And he wasn't dominant in the AHL either, so, I mean, just kind of a strange story all around with him. Yeah, I think that it's really funny that Hosang can't even hack it in the Swedish league, whether that's for his performance or his attitude. Like you got, he got drafted into the NHL. He, no matter what, if I was drafted into the NHL, I would never have a bad attitude. Like I'm playing hockey for a living. Suck it up. You can handle it. Yeah, he had uh, one assist in five games for Ottawa HK in the SHL last year. For San Antonio, he had six 
games played, three points, and for Bridgeport, sixteen games played, ten points. So I think his contract might be up this year. I don't think it. I'm looking on cap friendly. It looks like I don't even think he has a contract, does he? Does he even have a contract on the Islanders? I think he has like no, a one. No, I don't think he does. I'm looking at it too. It doesn't. It actually just... doesn't look like he has a contract. Yeah. So I don't know. You got a guy who was a first round pick, um, had talent, and he was a 28th overall pick, but he went 28th because of his attitude. It's kind of like Ryan Merkley, I think. Um, is it Ryan Merkley, the person I'm thinking about that went late first round, like the Sharks or something? Defense yeah, that's who you're thinking of. All right. Yeah, it's, just, it's the same thing. Like, you got the talent to do it, but like, you don't even make the World Junior team because of your attitude. Like, we've seen it a couple too many times in the last couple of years with uh, players that should be performing at an elite level and they just really can't stick it out. As Nathan said, Tony D'Angelo had a pretty decent season like a year or two ago. Like it was it was pretty impressive. And no one picked him up. He got he got dropped by the Rangers and that's on Tony D'Angelo, what do you guys think? What do you do you think he gets another shot in the NHL? I mean he clearly had the talent. It's just kind of like lack um like lack of judgment sometimes on the ice and then his off the ice answers really put the Rangers in a predicament and eventually Hasn't he, um, hold on. Was he drafted by the Rangers? I don't think he was. Uh, no, he was drafted by Tampa. Then he was in the Coyote system for a little bit, too. They traded him. Yeah, so it seems like he's had this issue for his whole career. And then, like, when he went to, um, the Rangers, it's like, that might have been, like, his last shot. Like, okay, now you're playing for the Rangers. That's an original another, 16. Another first, another first round pick. I just yeah. named three within five minutes of the guys can't stick around the NHL. He's another one of those guys that kind of fell. You know, he, he uh, kind of notoriously had some bad interviews uh, on draft day, so that's another one. Sorry, Crowder, you can uh, you just want to throw that in. Yeah, I mean, like, I think the Rangers was kind of like the last straw. Like, you're playing for an original six team. You're playing for a big market. It's like, whatever you do, you're going to have a spotlight on you hard. So when he, you know, when he didn't change his ways, still had attitude issues, I think that was kind of like the bottom line. And like you can't dude, figure it out in New York. Where else are you going to figure it out? He tore it up in juniors. Her defenseman, like, 26 games, 51 points for Sousa Marie. And for Sarnia, average way over a point per game. 51 games, 71 points. 29 games, 38 points. 52 games, 58 points. And even last season, 2019-2020, uh, at 53 points in 68 games, the plus 12 for the Rangers and, you know, NHL defense and it's pretty impressive. And this year he played six games, had one point with a negative six. And there was a couple things like there was a couple rumors about him, like maybe something happened. The Rangers shut them down. So we're not going to touch on the um, locker room stuff that we have no clue about. But the, the off the ice stuff, you know, you don't really deserve a place in the NHL if you can't, you can't stick around like that. So Yeah, I think one of the big things that kind of came out of this season with D'Angelo was you kind of saw, you saw in the playoffs last year, I think the most. Um, I think he was like a minus five or minus six in three games in the uh, playing around last year. And I think you kind of saw teams really build a game plan around attacking D'Angelo and getting him one-on-one defensively because, I mean, frankly, uh, he can't defend one-on-one. So I think that was kind of one of the, that was definitely one of the straws that broke the camel's back. Um, you know, he's not, if he's not contributing offensively, he's just a defensive liability. Plus, you know, the off-ice antics that have kind of followed him for the past few years, it kind of all came together in a perfect storm that 
I don't know if he'll be able to bounce back from, at least not this year. Maybe plays overseas, gets another opportunity two years or three years, but I don't know. I think people got to take a step back from the situation before they're willing to uh, jeopardize their locker room by adding him. I know Alex said we're not going to touch on it, but like, there's definitely an issue with Yuri Yev. There's, there's no, there's no shock there wasn't. Uh, and then I found it. There's a clip, like at like a, two or three days after he cleared waivers, where Shosturkin like, put, like jokingly was about to attack Panarin on their way off the ice. And I mean, I, I kind of see that as anything but confirmation. But I don't know. It's kind of funny. Yeah, I have to agree with Nathan. Honestly, I don't know that. Tony D'Angelo will ever play in the NHL again. He's just got such a bad attitude, and he possibly could like find something overseas. But I don't know for the NHL. I don't really ever see him playing another day, another another game. Kalen Roberts thinks he's Austin Matthews, so he put on the fake Zoom mustache. So all the boys have a little chuckle going on. Buddy, oh, Buddy has changed to a. I don't even know what that is, but. He has a new mustache on and a beard. Nice little I think Zoom strap. calls it the pinstripe or something like that. It's, it's half it's half lip lettuce. That's what it is. I don't even honestly, I don't even know how he's doing that, but I'm just gonna leave him <laughs> to it. Let's talk a little bit about the standing. So we got a couple Canadian boys in here. Um four goalies out there in the North Division. Eight of the top ten goal scorers in the NHL are from the North. So uh these poor guys are getting peppered every single night. What do you think going on with the North Division boys? It's what the, it's going to be everyone, it's going to be everyone's excuse from the Leafs on the cup. It's, uh, you know, it's because there's a North division. That's what everyone's going to say. I'm calling it right now. But, you know, even if they make it like third round or anything like that and they lose in the third round, everyone's just going to be like, oh, they only made it there because they're in the easiest division. But I don't know. I, I, honestly, it's, it's, there's a lot of talent in Canada. And I think that goes to show. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I would argue that. The North is actually one of the hardest divisions in the league. Um, with all the talent that you look at, the Leafs have, the talent the Oilers have, the Canadians, the Flames, even Vancouver and Winnipeg. The only team that really isn't in that race is Ottawa. Ottawa's Ottawa. So we'll leave that alone. But yeah, I think that the North division is one of the hardest divisions to play in this year. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think it kind of goes back to, uh, the bubble is kind of where we saw, we saw the North, uh, shine, I think. Every team in the North won a, a playoff series except for uh, Ottawa, and I think Edmonton might have lost to Blackhawks. I'm not sure if they won the play, play in round before that or not. But I mean, realistically, I mean, if it's a normal year, I think six of the seven teams in the North probably make the division. I don't know about Vancouver. They're kind of looking, uh, they're off to a slow start, but they've been playing better. So I don't know, but I, I agree. I think the North is. Really, really strong this year. I think whoever makes it out of there, I mean, after playing all those good teams all year, I think going to the playoffs, that'll be uh, that'll really help the team. Let's move uh, over to the east. We want to go for Ottawa on the north? Yeah. 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 I was just, just going to say, Ottawa is looking at a potential. I know it's 15 games in, but they're looking at a potential historically bad, like worst season in NHL history. And you know what? Uh, Perfect year to do it when you have three yeah, guys that go sure. number one. For sure. Like, their win percentage right now is a 1-3. Beautiful. And I believe that Washington, who has the worst record in NHL history, they had like eight wins in uh, 82 ga- or 80 games because that's what it was back. And, and Ottawa still beat the two best teams in the North. It just goes to show this is a sick league. Let's talk a little bit about the East Division. 
surprisingly for me at least, Boston's nine one and two. Like I did not see that happening. What do you guys think about the East? I mean, don't bet on Rask, I guess. You know, he's still in my opinion, he's still a top five, maybe even top three goalie in this league and you know, you still have that killer first line of Marshan Berger on Pasternak that's gonna get it. well, Pasternak hasn't been there, didn't he just uh get there recently? I thought he missed the first game. Yeah, he was season. he was out for I think like the first five games. Yeah, that goes to show they're still nine one and two. Right and now he's back. He's just gonna get, you know, more and more into it. I I agree that uh, I think Boston has been really surprising. I mean, losing uh Tory Krug and then they lost Chara who was a captain. I mean, I kinda of thought that would have a lot bigger of an impact. Um I remember the first few games I was I thought they were they weren't playing too well. They weren't scoring a lot, but I mean, these last few games, they are—I uh, think they're on like a four-game win streak. So they've really figured it out. They've scored a lot of goals. They're goaltending like we touched on. I mean, a lock in too because they won the uh, Jennings Trophy last year. So you can't really bet against those guys on the back end and uh, with a star-studded offense like Toronto. Much they're uh, a team to watch for sure. The uh, playoffs. I mean, they always are. But yeah, they're good this year. Honestly, the biggest surprise out of the East for me was, um, you know, blame me for having faith, but Buffalo still at the bottom, even with Taylor Hall. I don't know. I thought they might have been better. I guess not. Yeah, I mean, touching back on Boston, Boston's doing Boston things. If there's one thing that I grew uh, learned from growing up in Nova Scotia is never bet against Boston fans. There are so many out there, and whenever you make the tiniest bet, it's always right in your face if you lose against them. So. And usually right now they don't lose. They've been in a really good, they've had a really good team for many years. Um, I think they probably will end up winning that division. I know we're only, I think, what, 12 games in for them, but I still don't see them not winning that division with how good that their team is and how good their goal hey, is. Can you explain to me why there's so many like Nova Scotia Bruins fans? Cause like I've heard of that too and I don't understand it. Um, honestly, I'm not sure. I know the three main teams in Nova Scotia are Montreal, Toronto, and Boston. Anything other than that is out of the norm. So me growing up in Nova Scotia as an Oilers fan, I always had a target on my back. Is that why you have whacked armpits? No, 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 no. I lost a fantasy football bet. That kind of sucked. But, oh, well, got to pay your bets. I ended up winning the league and took the $1,000 winning, so that's whatever. Dude, I won my league, and my guys didn't even talk in the chat. No, this was a $100 buy-in league. I would have done that. It was my first year playing. I, I kind of want to hop in on uh, what Corrado was saying about Buffalo. I mean, I think I agree. I, I was pretty shocked to see them. I mean, I thought they would be definitely contenders in the East. Um, but they were just off to a really slow start. I mean, only 4-4-2, four, four, like really with Taylor Hall and Jack Eichel. I mean, and they got a lot of good defensemen too. I mean, it's really surprising. But I think uh, the kicker for them really has been they just haven't been able to close out games. I mean, like I said, 10 games played so far. I think three or four of them have been decided in overtime where they just let the team back in. I remember against the Capitals, Capitals uh, came back like three to one to, to take it to a shootout and beat them. And then the next, the, um, <clears throat> the next night, Capitals had another comeback to force a shootout. So, I mean, I think that's really been the biggest thing. For the, uh, the Sabres, they just can't seem to close out the game. In the third period, they just get comfortable, take the foot off the gas, and kind of throw away the easy two points. They're uh, they're not scoring much either. In ten games, they have thirty goals. Like that's that's 
third, uh, third to last for the last few trophies. He goes against the right in the middle of the path with 32. Dude, it's ridiculous the amount of like nice looking players they have on that team. Jack Eyes is bad. punching air right now. Taylor Hall's punching air because Taylor Hall bet on himself to go light it up with Eichel. He's gonna get some. He's gonna get some Mike Hoffman treatment next year in the free agency. I honestly think so because I'm not giving Taylor Hall seven years, eight million dollars. No chance. Absolutely not. Well, I don't think I don't think any free agent's getting that much. I know, but I'm just I'm just saying. Like, I'd much rather sign Carter Verhage for one million dollars. He has more goals than Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall has nine points in ten games. One of them are goals. See, the guy that's scoring right now in Buffalo is Victor Olafson. Four goals in ten games. Eichel is two, although he has nine assists. So he's probably setting up Olafson. I think that's their first line is Eichel, Olafson, Hall. But I don't know. Uh, like they have the pieces. It's just they're not they're not getting a ton. Like honestly, can we finally put this um argument to rest? There's no way Jack Eichel's better than Austin Matthews. There's, <laughs> there's no chance. Matthews looks on the only guy more sick than him. Thank you. Is McDavid? McDavid's unreal, but Austin Matthews looks dry sidle this year. Look, dry sidle. Wow. I, I would definitely take dry sidle and Marner are more close together than Matthews. Yeah, you're right. And dry sidle. I got I got one more thing to say about Buffalo. I, just I, I do too. Go ahead, though. All right. Yeah. So as we mentioned, I mean, uh, it looks like. Eichel, Hall, and Olsson are the only ones contributing really offensively. They're the, definitely the front runners for them. But if you look at their plus minus, I mean, Eichel's a minus six, Olsson's a minus six, Taylor Hall's a minus six, and Sam Reinhardt is their second line uh, center, a minus seven. So I mean, they're That's really, with a minus nine. They're really expecting these guys to score, and that's about it. I mean, these guys aren't playing a lot of defense. I mean, they're, I mean, their whole team is pretty much minus, as we mentioned. They're not scoring a lot of goals, but the minus sixes across the board on the first line, I mean, this, this is the line that's supposed to be matching up with the best line on every team and scoring goals and stopping them from scoring. So that's really standing out to me. I don't think Jack Eichel's really had defensive issues in the past. I don't think Taylor Hall has either, but maybe when you put them together, it's a dangerous combination. I don't know, but they got to figure something out quick. Um, so what I was going to say was, I mean, even in net, like, Linus Olmark has a, has a 9-1-4 in six games, 6-3-1, or sorry, 3-1-0, uh, three, and oh. but then Carter Hutton has an 8-9-5, and they're, they're splitting them almost. Hutton has four games, and Olmark has six. I don't know why you wouldn't just go with Olmark as your full-time starter. Nathan, you're the goalie guy. Do you have any uh, thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of tricky because... I mean, with the shortened season, you kind of want to keep both guys hot in case someone gets hurt because we've seen it already. I mean, goalies are getting hurt. The protocol with the COVID is taking guys out. So it's it's really tricky. But, I mean, I agree. I don't think Carter Hutton is, is a phenomenal goalie. I think Linus Olmark is kind of a guy that has taken some blame in Buffalo these last few years when he really hasn't been an issue. I think he's middle of the pack starter. I mean, he's, he's nothing to write home about. But... He's not going to lose you games. And in the shootouts, he's actually really good. He's locked down in shootouts. So, I mean, I think they're, I think he's good. I think Carter Hutton's got to figure it out a little bit, but I don't know. It's, it's really tricky. I mean, you're seeing pretty much across the league, both goalies are playing for the most part. I mean, some teams aren't doing that. Vasilevsky's played like a new game. And, uh, so as, uh, Koskinen until Mike Smith got back. But I don't know. It's tricky. It's tricky with goalies this year. Before we move and, on, 
All right, go ahead, Jalen. Um, but at what point do you have to start blaming the coach in Buffalo? Like, what, what point does he have to start shaking things up if this isn't working for them? If they're negative six across the board, at what point does Taylor Hall get bumped down to the second line? What do you guys think about that? I don't think putting Taylor Hall in the second line is really going to do anything. I think Buffalo has more problems than their coach. I think they have problems everywhere in that organization. You haven't made the playoffs in nearly 10 years. You've had the second overall pick. Jack Eichel would have been the first overall pick in almost any other draft. You got the next one on defense, Rasmus Dahlin. I mean, I can't really blame him yet. He's only 21, but Rasmus Ristolainen was another first-round pick. Dylan Cousins, I mean, Casey Middlestad's a bust. Like I don't know what it, like I don't know what's going on. It's clearly scouting might have an issue. The depth on that team's never been good. You dri- you've driven multiple star players out of that city. Ryan O'Reilly, Stanley Cup champion now. Evander Kane, he got paid in San Jose. I mean, San Jose is a different story, but still a pretty good. It. St- still a pretty good. Well, he doesn't player. have the money anymore. He, did he lose the money? He got bankrupt. Yeah, he, yeah he, he was like $27 million in debt. Oh, God. that's Is this like Jack Johnson situation? Or did he just lose all his money? It's funny. What you said about Eichel is exactly what I, is exactly what I wrote in an article that I'm working on. Those exact words that he'd be a first overall pick in any other draft. I think, I think it's really surprising that they haven't had as many guys turn out. I mean, they always seem to have a pretty high pick. I mean, I'm on hockey reference right now. I'm going back to 2013. You see Rasmus Ristolainen in first round, Sam Reinhardt, Jack Eichel, Alex Nylander who's on the Blackhawks now. I mean, the list goes on and on. They always seem to draft really well, but the pieces never seem to, to fit together. I mean, you got all these great puzzle pieces, but I mean, they just can't seem to stick together just right. I mean, what do they even get for that Nylander? Because Nylander's a pretty good hockey player. I don't know. I mean, let me see if I can find that. If, if we can't but, think I mean, of it on the top of our head, then... He's a solid player. Him. I mean, I think he had like 30 points last year. I mean, he's not a superstar, but I mean, he's a solid... He, he's, not, he's not Willie, but he can still put um, in a shift if he needs the to. The biggest piece going back was Henry Yorkaharji. I don't know who that is. Uh, maybe I'm... Oh, God. Maybe I'm in the minority here. I don't know. Uh, I, uh, I, I was a first round pick. Hawk. Yeah, he was. He was a first round, first uh, round pick in in seventeen. He went twenty nine. I know the name. He's a, he a, he's a defenseman. He's a defenseman. No, he's a defenseman. He had at the time he had twelve assists in thirty eight games for the Blackhawks, seventeen points. Yeah, he had a really good rookie campaign, from what I remember. He was somewhat in the Calder talks, not like super high up in him, but he was around the discussion. But. I don't think he was anything really special that year, but he did play well for a rookie season. Did they ever have Robin Leonard, or am I just completely mistaken? No, they did. Yeah, they did. Buffalo, that's, another... that's that's when he was like out of his mind. Yeah, I that was before. That was before he went to like. Yeah, it seems like stuff. if you leave Buffalo, you just become really good at hockey, and you do something. That's honestly what it sounds like. Jack I mean, is gonna get traded, and he's gonna win the cup every year for the rest of his career. So it's. Robin, I think Robin Leonard was actually like pretty good in uh, Buffalo. I, I just pulled it out because I, I felt like I remember him being solid. And I'm looking at his numbers. I mean, he was a uh, above nine two, two of the three years. I mean, third year they had him play, play 59 games, which not super easy on a uh, Buffalo squad back then. And then they let him just walk the Islanders. He was a star for the Islanders. You remember that? He's been pretty much a mainstay like the All Star conversation since then. So I mean. 
that's a tricky one too because like i mentioned i mean goaltending is kind of an issue like well it's not really been an issue but it's always been something to point to to where you have a goalie that'll steal games and might they might have uh, made a run because other hockey on his home mark not really stealing games another thing with the east division though is it's very tight like uh you know we're talking all this about buffalo but you know, the difference between them and the third-place Capitals is five points. And Buffalo has two games in hand. And the Devils, who aren't playing games right now because of, you know, uh, COVID protocol, they have nine games and ten points also. Well, that's, so that's the good thing when you're you playing know. within the division. You win three games against the same team. You go up six points. They don't move at all. Yeah. Speaking of playing the same team, why is St. Louis playing Arizona seven times in a row? <laughs> why is that a thing? And why is Arizona on three of those four games? Wait, are they actually playing seven in a row? 100%. And then the Arizona Coyotes Instagram team made the most hilarious video today where they put like a Coyotes um, logo on Mr. Krabs. And he's like, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. Or something like that. It, it was pretty hilarious. But Jacob Chickren's, Jacob Chickren's tearing it up right now. Like, he's looking pretty good. That's our boy down there from uh, South Florida. I mean, I don't really know too much about that division out there in the West besides uh, teams. I don't really pay attention to it. But Jacob Chicken's doing pretty good. Well, in the, in the West, Krill uh, Afrikov is also having a pretty solid rookie thing. What did you just call him? I probably I butchered his name, didn't I? Did you say Krapikov? No, I said Kaprikov. Kaprikov? Oh, it's, it's Kaprikov. Kaprikov. Oh. He's definitely There's, there's definitely a Kaprikov in the NHL. That's why I said that. Maybe in the KHL. <laughs> But no, he's he's definitely winning the Calder. I, I said it before the season. I said it last year when he signed. I'm like, yeah, he's gonna win the Calder. There's no chance I mean, anyone else. You're not it. special, Alex. Everybody knew he was gonna win. No, no, no. Let's years go. In Russia. No, let's go on Twitter. When I'm, I was the first person to post that Twitter thread where everyone from Ryerson started copying me. I saw Tim Sturzla. I saw Dylan Cousins. I saw Alexi Lafreniere. I didn't see anyone take Kaprizov. A lot of people Anyways. I talked to have been taking capital. Well, at least, well, you're talking to smart people. I wasn't. I'm not gonna lie. It's probably an easy pick considering the guy's what 24. It's like 20, 25, 23, yeah. 25. Oh, really? Holy. I thought he was older 20. than that, dude. There's, I thought he was like a 94. He was in that McDavid draft, wasn't he? He's 23. Okay, 23. Yeah, way off. I mean, it's another Panarin situation. But he he was playing in the uh, KHL since he was 16 years old, so that's why we just think he's older than he actually is. He plays older than he is. Yeah, he was in the McDavid yeah. draft. And it was like, what, like a fifth-round pick or something? Did he did like that? Where'd he go? That draft, yeah. that, that draft is just overall. getting better every year. It's hilarious. Yeah. Yes, and somehow the Bruins missed out on everyone with their three straight picks. Everyone. What did they take in that draft? They, the Brusque is the only good guy they took on that. They took two other guys. You? walked past you at that draft? No, I talked to him. I said good luck, and oh, then William, and then Nazem Kadri got traded because of him. So yeah, it's all your sorry, fault. Fans. It's, it's all my fault. Go ahead. I got Nathan. one thing to say about the uh, the West. Yeah, I think uh, Christian Dvorak isn't getting enough love right now. Like he, uh, in he's in Arizona, Arizona as well. Yeah, uh, he uh, he's really breaking out. I mean, he's he's had uh, two seasons. In the last two seasons in the NHL, he's had thirty seven and thirty eight. This year, he's off to. Seven goals, six assists with thirteen and twelve. He he's playing really good against St. Louis. His last two games, he's really stood out. I don't really watch the West because uh, frankly, it's not that good this year. But uh, I've watched his last two games just because I'm curious, and uh, he's really stood out to me. We don't really need to talk about the West anymore after that. But I just wanted to get that out there. 
obstacles to the world in front of the world. Real quick on the Boston topic, um, they took DeBrusque, Brandon Carlo, and Zaboril. I think it's who they were. That was not bad. What, what, when did they take Carlo? Second round? No, that uh, was first round. That, that was their three round. picks in a row. Oh, that's, that's pretty oh, bad. That's considering, what you're referring to. That's okay, my extremely bad. bad considering who went right after them. Yeah, Barzell went right after. How did they so, manage to get those? It was Barzell, Barzell, Barzell went at 18. It was Barzell, Shabbat, and Kyle Connor was somewhere in there, too. Yeah. That's disgusting. How did they manage to get those picks back to that? They traded Dougie Hamilton and Milan Lucic. They got a first. They didn't get a first for Lucic. Did they really? I don't know if they got a first yeah. for Lucic. It was the Kings overall. Wow. It's a solid yeah. trade. And it was funny. I was at that draft, and the promo video had like Lucic and Dougie Hamilton, and there's a Bruins fan in front of me, and I was like, ha-ha, they're not there anymore. Well, and, yeah. Sorry, Hamilton's it wasn't so Carlo. It was uh, Sinishin, I think how you say it. Oh, it's even better. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know what that is. Six games played. Uh, yeah. At this point. The, the four Decent. direct picks after it were Barzell, Kyle Connor, Thomas Shabbat, and Evgeny Svechnikov. That's oh, that's Svechnikov's brother, though. He's not that good. Yeah, it's the bad Svechnikov. Yeah. Brock Besser. Brock Besser went later in that draft. Aho went too. Imagine, imagine Boston gets those th- the th- next three guys in a row. What is it? What that's, was it? Shabbat, Barzell, and who? And Connor? Kyle oh Connor. My God. That's bad. That's so <laughs> stupid. Thank God the scouting staff sucks. Thank nice. God they were bad at their job. I mean, even Jake DeBrus probably shouldn't have been a top 20 pick in that draft, to be completely honest with you. I mean, he's not he a good draft. Maybe not in that draft. He's, he's a first-round pick, but let's move over to the Central. You know I'm happy. You're excited. I'm excited because I cover the Florida Panthers, so I watch all their games. And they pumped Tampa Bay Lightning yesterday, 5-2. to two. Right now, um, looks like, yeah, so Florida's one game behind Tampa, 18 points. Tampa's first place with 19 points. We'll, we'll get into the Panthers talk in a minute. Let's look at the other teams in this division. Chicago's really surprising me. They got 16 points. It's in 15 games, but still, you don't have Kirby Dak. You don't have Jonathan Cave. It's basically Kubalik, Kane, Duncan Keith. I don't really know what's going on over there, but they've been doing pretty well. I don't remember who told me Dallas was going to miss the playoffs. They look just fine to me. I don't remember. It was, some, it was somebody, but someone told me Dallas was missing the playoffs this year. I was like, are you going to mind? There's no way they missed the playoffs. I, I thought it was going to be Tampa, Dallas, Carolina, Florida. Right now... If we're looking, if we're not looking at the 15 games played by the Blue Jackets and the 15 by the Hurricanes, those are exactly the four teams that are in playoff spot. Mm-hmm. I think I think Chicago has been like really surprising. I mean, I mentioned uh, earlier that yeah, Buffalo, Buffalo. I mentioned uh, they can't close out games. All Chicago knows how to do is close out games. I mean, the third period pushes from the from the Blackhawks has been crazy. They just refuse to. Leave games without getting at least one point in overtime or shootout. It's pretty impressive. And their goalie has been really, really good. I can't think of his name right now. I uh, look like a rookie, but, um, uh, Lincoln, and that's his name. He's been really good. Uh, Subin has been actually decent too, but good for the Blackhawks. I mean, missing, uh, Taves and, uh, Kirby Doc. Be able to get some points is actually really impressive. So how long is Doc out for still? Another, like another four to five months. Really? Yeah, that sucks. That's like 
more than half a season, I think. That is the whole season, considering the playoffs start in April. Yeah, it makes them look really bad for them to play in the World Series. Yeah, tough look, but... It looks like he won't be back until April or May, so if the Blackhawks make a playoff push, they might get him back to the playoffs. They won't make a playoff push. I doubt it. Yeah, with the the division there, there's no chance. That's why I said if. So, (laughs) speaking of which, so I'm so confused on how the playoffs are going to work. There's no conferences, right? It's just there's going to be a divisional champion after the second round. And then they're just going to reseed. So yeah, I I think that's how are they tra- are they traveling though? Or are they going to do a bubble? Because if they're traveling, that's a lot of they should travel. Be, they should be able to travel. Yeah, yeah, I don't think the NHL like I don't think the PA would let them do a bubble again either. Okay, they're going to travel, but then so you you have game one a day off, then game two, but that day off, say Toronto has to travel to Dallas. You do in a you seven game mean? series. You do one two, two? in yeah. Toronto. It's two two one one one. How it's always been. Yeah. Okay. So then, I'm, so games three and, and four. The conferences have already be, been realigned for sure. travel purposes, anyways. So I don't think it's too much of an issue. But, that, but you're gonna run into the th- problem between like the whoever wins the North League having to go to the states to play. Oh, we're talking. The we're talking the, about whatever. No, I'm just saying like travel. Like I know one of the LA or uh, California teams wouldn't make it, but say you have the way the reseeding works, it's Toronto versus San Jose. Are you gonna travel? That's a lot of travel for for one day off. Because normally the way that no the no they do with two, the travel day it's always two days off. They never do. I never thought do it was well. always one one uh, like game on game off game on game off. Yeah, that's no, usually it, how it is. No, if there's a if you're going far like especially for like the cup, if you're traveling across the country or across the continent, they'll give you two days off. They won't make you do a one day travel and then turn around right away. They never do that. I'm still yeah. just kind of curious about like how let's say it is um, Toronto San Jose. How are they going to work out the travel from Canada to the states? Like I don't think that's allowed yet, is it? Are they going to revoke that and say whatever we don't care anymore? I, I, I think, think that's see. kind of a decision for that time because it's still. Yeah, I think you might see um, maybe a Canadian team jump over the border and like the set up shot there. Maybe I mean I feel like that's probably. One of the easier solutions. Uh, I agree with you. It's tricky. The NFL had to do it because San Francisco wasn't allowed to play home games even without any fans, so they had to set up in uh, Arizona. So but by the, the time that, are doing out, but by the time that even happens, there's going to be one Canadian team remaining. So I don't know if they planned it like this, but. There's only going to be one team. There will be a Canadian team, but there's only going to be one. So there's only one team you're going to have to worry about, and that's the third round already. And that's probably when you slide into, like, I don't know, Arizona's arena, and you go play the West, something like that. Are you saying Arizona is not going to make it there? The third round of the Stanley Cup playoffs? I don't think so. Uh, Phil Kessel will get you so close. Unless unless Clayton Keller gets 126 points. (laughs) Clip it right now. It's not going to happen. I, I, not to the I, third round. I'm still amazed by the fact that like two years ago almost uh, on an episode of Pigeons, I was like, the only way the Leafs can win the Cup is if it's against Boston. We have not been doing Pigeons for two years. You're right. One year, though. Maybe like, a year. It was it, We started it during the pandemic. So yeah, right. like I, said, I said the only way the Leafs can win the Cup is if it's against Boston. And then Bomber laughed at me and was like, that's not possible. 
but you know, a year later, it's it's very much possible. <laughs> All right, let's. Do we want to jump into the rest of the uh, cycle now? I think Bomber's ready to talk about Florida. Can't wait. Look at him. I got jerk pork in my mouth, but <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, your Florida Panthers are eight one and two. They just pumped the Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning. Now keep in mind, oh, once again, our favorite Doxum has made an appearance on the podcast. As always, what's going on, Doxum? Littlefoot's just chilling here wearing his little puffer jacket. He's rocking. Buddy, buddy's chilling. It's a little cold out there. It's a cold world. Bundle up. But, you know, Lightning didn't have Steven Stamkos. Panthers didn't have Anthony Duclair. Uh, both missing to peace. I think Sorelli's going to be out the next game, too. But, damn, I have never seen the Florida Panthers play like that, ever. Against Tampa? I mean, Carter Verhage made Victor Hedman look like an like, off-six defenseman, not a number-one defenseman. He walked right by him. He was pe- Vasilevsky gave him four goals on like twenty shots. Sergei Bobrovsky looked pretty good. I mean, I don't know what's going on with Florida, but Bill Zito clearly did something. I know they played like fourteen or fifteen players that weren't even on the team last year already in eleven games. They're deep. They're really deep. Yeah, I think uh, I think I've watched every single game the Panthers play, as Alex has, I'm sure. Uh, die hard. Panthers fan as as much as it's pained me in the past is that it's looking like it's a good year to be the Panthers fan, but uh, I digress. But uh, yeah, the uh, the big thing that stood out to me was definitely Bill Zito's impact on this team. I mean, you look at the scores. I mean, we saw Wenberg get a goal. We saw Verhage get a goal, and then you saw on that Ekblad goal, you see um, Patrick Hornquist in front screening, and then uh, Racco Gudis had a big impact on the blue line. I mean, he's not putting up big numbers, but I think he's like a plus six or something. And he's, he's, he's so really good. Fit. I think Nathan could see it too. He's so physical. Like he's sending guys into orbit. Yeah, he brings such a physical uh, presence. So that, I think, has been really big. I, I think Brett Conley got the uh, empty net too. So that's, that was nice to see him. I mean, he's been a uh, Panther uh, for a year now. I mean, he was a new acquisition a few years ago, so it's been a few uh, I didn't really have to do it. What I'm saying, I don't know why I brought that up, but yeah, I mean, all the new guys are playing really well, and uh, you see it too. I mean, it looks like they know they're going to win, and when you when you're playing with confidence, you get those bounces. Um, I think for Hagee's goal went off of asking in front, and those those bounces just happen when you're putting on pressure like that. I mean, they were all over them all night, so great game. Borowski was good too. I mean, the second goal I would have liked back as a goalie, but. Yeah, I mean, he made some big saves. So. It's too. Braden Point's probably one of the most underrated players in the NHL. Like he is on levels with a lot of players. He's really good. Like, yeah, it's funny to say he's underrated, but I don't think he's underrated. I think everyone I, I, has him rated properly. I, I feel like now I am top like, ten in the league, to be honest. All right, so amongst maybe forwards, amongst forwards, you have Barkov top ten. Of course I do. All right, there you go. Can we well, talk about? Do you have talk? McDavid top ten? No, that scrub doesn't make it. No, I don't. Uh, bottom ten. Uh, I, I would quick, have to quick. agree. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I was gonna get into a discussion, so I want to hear what you have to say first. Oh, okay. Um, so before Hornfist, did Florida have like a guy to do all the dirty work in front? I didn't, I don't watch. You know, I don't watch many Florida games. I'll be honest. But they used to. Dale Talon used to get old aging veterans from Chicago and LA, like Derek McKenzie and Dave Bolin. 
who shouldn't have been playing in the NHL at that point and made them play in the NHL at that point. So that's the, that's the thing. I think that's just been like a fresh of breath air for um, guys like uh, Huberto and Parkoff who could rip a shot, but they also have a guy in front there too, especially on the power play to you know get get in the goalie stays, get him screen, get a deflection. Well, you know, it's never, never clear lane I, to the net now. I've never seen Barkov look this dominant. He's not only shooting the puck more, he's getting way more physical. He's a big body. He's a two-way player. And as we know, Barkov had two penalty minutes one year. He doesn't get a lot of penalties. He's throwing the body. I've never seen this guy throw so many hits so far in the year. But I really want to look at Aaron Ekblad. He's playing like a Norris candidate. And it's not even a question. I, I haven't seen anyone walk past him this year. He's got a lot of goals. I mean, Keith Yandel, the only reason I think is he's still on the team is because of his power play um, contributions and his Ironman streak. Aaron Ekblad's kind of taken over that blue line from Keith Yandel in the power play. What do you guys think about Aaron Ekblad? I know Kaylin probably hasn't watched a lot, but Nathan's watched every game. What does Aaron Ekblad look like to you? Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up. I just thought of him about myself. I mean, he looks so comfortable back there on the blue line. I mean, that, that goal last night, I don't know if you guys saw it, but he got a, got a D2D pass, just took a step forward, saw that he had time, just absolutely ripped one and beat uh, Vasilevsky clean, which is not something you see very often. I mean, Horquist was in front. It was a bit of a moving screen, but it was an unbelievable shot. He, he just looks like, you know, he's, he's always been a dominant defenseman. He's always been really good, but. He looks really, really comfortable this year. And I, I think that speaks to the confidence that I was mentioning earlier. I think everyone is just so confident right now. And it's, you know, I can't help but uh, smile when talking about him. I'm just, it's a good year for the, the Panthers, at least you know, Panthers, up to this point. Panthers fans, I've been seeing it on Twitter a lot before this season. Trade Ekblad, trade Ekblad, trade Ekblad. I'm like, as a person that's played Panther hockey. fans on Twitter? Yes, Thank buddy. It's actually, it's actually unreal. I actually run help run the fifth line five our twitter i put out a tweet yesterday we got 33 likes on my carter verhage tweet so considering we normally get two likes my little carter verhage tweet did some numbers there but no panthers fans would be like oh trade ekblad he doesn't do anything like like it's well the whole team can't do anything don't blame the number one defenseman and now i haven't seen one person say that aaron ekblad's a bad hockey player but i've seen multiple people say he should be in the north conversation and honestly 11 games in he should be. Um, hate to be this guy, but um, like speaking of uh, defensemen who are absolutely uh, just playing really well, especially for you know who they are. Justin Hall is having a really good season on the Leafs blue line. Like, how many? Okay, before you make that face, how many Leafs games have you watched? How many full Leafs games have you watched? Sixty minutes of. They played fifteen, right? I think I've watched thirteen of them. In, in, they played in so I've probably watched 12 of them in its entirety. I fell asleep during the Calgary game because it was like 1 a.m. I'm not on that Alberta time, unfortunately. See, the thing with Hall is you don't notice him, but that's what you want from that pairing, Muzzin and Hall. You don't want to notice them too much. You just want them to make the right defensive play and get off the ice. Also, he had that this, sick howitzer against Perry Price. But at we're not the beginning of the year, people were saying he shouldn't be in the lineup. And I didn't think he should be either because he kept getting absolutely dominated on the board. He's looked better over the last couple games, but I don't think in the entire season, like in the entirety of the season they played so far, he's looked 
amazing. I think like TJ Brody's probably looked better bar the first like three games. I don't know, man. I think just like it's just in comparison from last season, what because last season the biggest problem I had with him is I noticed his mistakes is they were awful mistakes. He didn't make a lot of them, but when he did, it more often times than not led to a goal for the other team. But now I just I don't notice him when he's on the ice, and that's you know I always say that's kind of what you want from a you know like a stay at home defense from a shutdown defensive team. That's you don't exactly want exactly what them. you want. Yeah, he's not going to be like the Morgan Riley guy who. Well, you you notice Riley because he jumps up in the rush and he has to back check a lot because sometimes he pinches a little too early and luckily he saves himself. He Justin Hall's mo- more of a stay at home defense than like he doesn't have up too upside, mm-hmm. but you can fit him in where you need to. Um, I don't know exactly how much the other two know about the Leafs, Justin Hall specifically, but. Is there any other topics that we definitely want to touch on? Because, like, I'm all ears. Um, real quick, how do you guys think of, barring the first few games of the season, Edmonton's blue line, how do you guys think that they have been playing, if you've watched any of these? Um, I can I can hop on here for a second. Let me just pull up the numbers here so I have them. I've, I've only watched them a few times. But I think that, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I think Colton has been, like, surprisingly decent. For Edmonton, I think Nurse has been really good for them. Um, like I said, I don't watch him a ton. I think Tyson Berry's like been pretty much what he would expect him to be. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Nothing, no one else has really stood out to me too much. But I think Nurse has been playing really well. I think especially um, was it last night that they played where they got the uh, shutout. Yeah, so I thought he was really good last night. I watched that game. I think his I think his sister was like doing broadcasting too or something like that. But so and then his other right. sister got traded like two days before in the WNBA. So busy busy week for the nurses. Really. Um, from what I've read, I, I've heard that Tyson Berry has been a pretty good pickup for him. I don't know. I the only games I really watched was when they played the Leafs. But you know, Berry at that contract is a lot is a lot less on the radar than when he was in Toronto, and I think it's good for him. You know, it is not playing with all that pressure. Yeah, just from my opinion, where I watch a lot of Oilers games since I am an Oilers fan, um, there was not a lot of expectations coming in to the season for the Oilers defense, but they've really been showing up to play in these tight games, like the 3 nothing game against Montreal or even the close ones that we've had against Ottawa. So I've been really impressed by them, and especially Evan Bouchard stepping up to the NHL and being able to play up to his potential, and even more than that, from what I've seen, is amazing. I'm super happy with how the defense has been playing. As um, Bofus, not Bofus, who's the, who's the Swede I'm thinking of? Broberg. Has he played yet? No. What's his ETA next year? I would probably say next year. Fair enough. He's only 20 now, right? 19? Uh, yeah, 19, I think. Oh, yeah, he played in the World Junior. Oh, I was just going to ask what you guys think. I mean, I think Corrado kind of, that's what I was going to say. I was going to ask you guys what you think is next for uh, Pittsburgh. Do you think oh, they okay. should go into rebuild or, or what? I mean, I feel like everyone's kind of torn on this one. So I'm kind of curious. Can you, can you, you actually think? rebuild a team with Sidney Crosby? Because you can't trade him. You can't trade Sidney Crosby, can you? You can uh, trade the Oilers trading Gretzky. Yeah, but that didn't really work out for that. The Gretzky thing was a big ploy. We all know, like, if you actually read into the lines of what happened on that trade, it was kind of a ploy. 
that like it, there was so much going on there, like, and it was also a different time. Um, they won without him too. I mean, yeah, they did. They still had a nice. Pittsburgh's team. not going to win without him, without Sidney Crosby. Yeah, and also so Brian Burke like is not going to win with Sidney Crosby this. Brian Burke yeah. has waited 16 years to get a a hold of Sidney Crosby. Is every time Sidney Crosby's brought up, he's like, you know, in 05, we almost had him. The Ducks almost had him, but we got Bobby Ryan instead. There's no way he's trading Sidney Crosby. Um. I don't think he trades Sid, but I mean, it's not, I don't think it's coincidence that the first thing he said when he got the job was, you know, hard decisions need to be made. And then he said, uh, you know, Malkin's on a one year contract, but Tang's on a one year contract. I think the piece that goes, the big piece rather that goes first is probably with Tang. Does he trade Malkin? I don't think so. I'd hope not. But if you do, it's almost, I don't, I don't think you win an Evgeny Malkin trade if you're Pittsburgh. I don't. Like even if you get a first or a first round pick, it's not going to be from a team that's missing the playoffs. Well, well, so. think of who's the think of who the GM is. It's Ron Hextall. Do you think Ron Hextall is stupid? He's, he's not still stupid. A, he's still a flyer, so he's going to just sabotage. Yeah, he's just trying to run out of the ground. That's why he's He's trading everyone to Pittsburgh uh, to Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I feel like Hextall knows what to do best. I mean, Berkey's no. Uh, no, uh, spring turkey, if that's the term. I don't really know. I'm not good with lingo. But You're not a boomer? I'm not a boomer. But um, Latang has to probably be traded because I don't think he's coming back. I wouldn't come back because Latang can still go and try and get a cup, another cup. It's three right now. Um, Malkin's a little interesting. Will I, don't think you win a, I don't think you win a Malkin trade. I really don't. Like, It's the same thing with me in Chicago. Chicago wouldn't win a Patrick Kane trade. No they chance. won't. I don't see yeah, it happening. No one, no one who isn't a contender already would want to make that trade. The only team, and I, I know it's going to sound a little biased, but I'm also bringing it up because it almost happened last year. The only team I could... Well, don't say, oh, God. The Panthers oh, have enough prospects and the Q connection for Kane to make it there. But you would have to give up Denisenko, maybe Lundell, and a first. Wait, did you say this almost happened last year? What almost happened last year was Trocheck plus other stuff that wasn't named to Florida for Patrick Kane. That was confirmed to be something in the discussion that happened before he was traded to Carolina. That's a tough trade. Well, yeah, that's Florida, a, uh... Florida should have done it considering they don't have any of the pieces except Chase Prisky from that trade now. Yeah, that was a questionable trade. At best, I mean, I think Trotrek's really good. Yeah, like he might, he might have been um having an off year last year in Florida, but better than anyone like Eric Halla, whoever they got in that trade. Chase Prisky, who's barely playing in the AHL right now. Like, uh, no disrespect to the Temper Pines boy, but not making Trotrek. But no, you the, can't, you can't win that. The main reason I brought up the uh, Pittsburgh thing was because I saw that. Some people on Twitter were saying, like, there were rumors kind of spiraling that the uh, Penguins were looking to bring back Mark Andre Fleury. So once I saw that, I was like, oh man, we gotta, I don't, I do not understand what's going on in Pittsburgh at all. I gotta see where uh, these guys think. I'm not gonna lie. I, if, if Vegas retains, and when I say retains, they need to retain a lot, I kind of like that trade because it depends on what Vegas gets back, though. Does Vegas, Obviously, it's Leonard, so they don't they don't 
they don't need Flurry, and I don't think Flurry wants to be a backup. Um, so if he has like a no move clause, I'm sure he, well, he waves it. This yeah, season, but I don't. I don't know what Pittsburgh would do that trade for. I mean, I don't know if Vegas wants Tristan Jari because he's off the maybe one of the worst starts uh, in boy history. As a starter, though, like, like I don't think they would make Jari that trade. Though, yeah, I mean, uh, take him as a backup. Straight up, plus, straight up, flurry, though. flurry for Jari. I think Jari has more value. He's so much younger, and he's yeah, he's proven that he's been able to play. So I don't know what you. Trade it's plus, Vegas though. I don't think trade. Vegas just takes that. Yeah, I don't think Vegas takes that. Yeah, I know, but that's, that's what I'm saying. Even at, even at that point, I think that would be too pricey for Pittsburgh. So I don't know what they would be willing to give up. Pittsburgh needs this to just... Weird. Pittsburgh, honestly, they didn't look good last year against Montreal in the, in the playoffs. Or the playing round. Yeah, it was a playing round. They haven't looked that good this year. You have Malkin and you have Crystal Tang, expiring contracts. Those those guys are both getting their jerseys retired in Pittsburgh. They're both pro- like Malkin's a hundred percent a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, Tang's probably gonna make the Hall of Fame too, I would think. But what do you do? I think Latang gets traded if you if actually you know what I lied. They wouldn't have brought Brian Burke in if they wanted to uh, completely retool this season. I think they they try and add pieces. I think and they're going to retool. They're not going to rebuild. Well, Montreal retool because a retool is something it's something quick. Like what Montreal um, did is Montreal did a retool, and Montreal fans were clowning Mark Bergevin for saying we're going to retool, and he retooled in a very quick way, and they went from being one of the worst teams in the NHL to they're going to make the playoffs. They got Nick Suzuki and Thomas Tatar for Max Pacioretty. They got Shea Weber for P.K. Subban, which happened at the beginning of the retool. They somehow turned Alex Galchenyuk into Josh Anderson via Max Domi. And they added guys like Joel Edmondson, Tyler Toffoli, even Corey Perry. Like, that's a retool. Do they can you remind in- me? Yeah. Can you remind me what Pittsburgh got for Castle? Wasn't it, wasn't it Gouch? It was Gouch, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't think he was the main. I think there was other stuff there too because Galchenyuk wasn't that guy anymore. Sure? I There's think no he way. was like the top guy. I, th- I think that I think that that's when he just decided to not be that guy, or not decided, but I think no, that's when he was started to they not got, be that guy. They got a prospect too. Yeah, because Galchenyuk was a was, Galchenyuk wasn't Hall that. Joseph, he's a, he's a yeah. his, uh, first year. Yeah. Galchenyuk was wasn't that guy good. at the end of his career in Montreal, and then he got to Arizona and he was. Domi completely blew him out of the water with those first season, the first season, and then he went over to Pittsburgh and then Minnesota, and now he's bottom dwelling in Ottawa. I don't know what that. That trade there. looks terrible for Ottawa. It does. By the way. That yeah. looks so 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 bad because they're going to get nothing for him. Yeah, like he's he's going to leave, or they're going to trade and get like a fifth, and they give him a second. Come on, Ottawa, make things easy on yourself. Who even knows what Ottawa is doing anymore? Well, the Ottawa It's not coach, even like Detroit, because Detroit is hiding their good players in the A, right? Like, they have good prospects. Who? Joe Valeno. Yeah. Joe Valeno, there's more. Hold on. I just not off the top of my head. Decider. Who's, yeah. who's hiding? Okay, thank yeah. Thank you. There's two guys, right? Okay, but Zed- then you- Zadina's made it to the NHL. And got yeah, a- they're really who they take? Well. Who they take? Holt? 
Fourth pick or is that Lucas Raymond? I don't know. It was Raymond. Old Spence okay. said Jersey. Jersey. Yeah, so I don't know. Detroit Detroit's a lot farther away from me than Ottawa is. Oh, I got I got one more interesting question since we're talking about Detroit. Yeah. One of my buddies brought this up. Do you think Detroit Detroit's playoff streak and them working so hard to keep it alive screwed them? Because like right now, 100%. they're in a terrible spot, pretty much, and it seems like it might be because of that. I think they did. I think that's what's going on. I think I think it did, because after after their glory days, when everyone started leaving, when Dotsuk was gone, Zetterberg and, and Lidstrom, and everyone else, Holmstrom, that was ten years ago. That was a long time ago, and those guys were still good enough to play high level hockey, and we were talking about it earlier, like a couple of years ago. Dylan Larkin's like the young kid, and he's playing with all the veterans. Nothing happened there. Nothing happened, and they, they lose right away. And now you're you get screwed in the draft lottery multiple times. Um, absolutely screwed. I mean, even if you had Lafreniere, it wouldn't have done anything this year or next year. But it, it would have it would have been help helpful to have someone like that in your prospect pool. But I just don't think Detroit, as of now has a bright future yet. They need to, they need to have another two, three good drafts in my opinion, honestly. Did you see the crazy um a crazy stat? It's broken now because I think I don't I don't know who their backup is, but their backup won a game. That uh Oh Grice. Yeah, Grice that's 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 what I thought it was. Grice um, is a Panthers killer, by the way. Tom <laughs> Rice turned into prime Dominic Hashik when he plays against the Florida Panthers. So before Grice won that game, the last time a Red Wings goalie, other than Jonathan Bernier, had won a game for the franchise was like 400 days before. Something ridiculous. Like and wasn't it days. Jimmy Howard or something like that? Yeah, it was Jimmy Howard. Like, that's tough. It went, was back in 2018. Yeah, poor, poor Jimmy Howard ended his uh, final year with the Red Wings. They kind of wrapped up 2-23-2, which is it's too bad. He, he was actually he, like, pretty he good for the Red Wings for a while. He retired like three years ago. He just kept playing. He's like whatever. Like he he was done three years ago, in my opinion. And the Red Wings. Kind of, it's kind of nice to see them lose. To be honest, they're so good for so long. I remember when I was when like all of us were young, uh, they were always in the conversation. So it's kind of funny to see them like so far, like the worst team. What's funny to me is Pavel Datsyuk didn't even retire the Red Wings. He he retired a Coyote. Coyotes alumni team would be pretty ridiculous, to be honest. Coyotes alumni team with players who never stepped foot in their practice <laughs> facility would be amazing. Was it like Marion Hosa, Marion Hosa, Pavel Dotsuk? Yeah, oh, so I mean, actually plays there. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, yeah, like they're all five teams elite. The, the Detroit, the old Winnipeg Jets too. Team Solani, <laughs> guys at <laughs> Team Solani. Who else played for the Jets that never played for the Yotes? I don't know, but it, it's interesting to see um, how bad Detroit is. I don't care. Like they were good for too long. Like that's when how Boston, it is, though. Like I, I, you know, it's that's just how it is in most sports. Is, yeah, is, but I feel like most teams kind of they start losing and they're like they're like they get to be I don't know they they understand they're not going to win and they're like all right <laughs> let's rebuild this. So their problem like with was, Detroit with the playoff streak, like they were so average for like five years, and they're like, "No, we're just going to keep trying." 
their problem was is that when they got to Minnesota level, which was too good to be uh, like a draft lottery or too, uh, but uh, too bad to go deep in the playoffs. That's when they should have started to retool, but they just kept adding old veterans and hope for the best. And they didn't get anywhere. Yeah, I agree. I think maybe I don't know. Steve Lai, like he made Tampa so good, so maybe it can it's, make things it's work, a, but. It's disappointing that CBY didn't get a cup ring when he built that entire team. That hurts. That really hurts. Good thing he has like six in Detroit. Otherwise, that would really hurt. However, who, yeah. who is the GM for Tampa now? I don't know. Dude walks into the job and gets a ring. That's I mean, he was. Pr- I think he. Was, I think it was from within that hire. I think it was an yeah. assistant GM who was there, kind of like Kyle Dubis. Julian um, Brisebois. Oh, it is Julian okay. Breezeball. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's kind of funny that Joe Sackick and uh, Steve Stevie Y are both like all time players and they're like all time DMs now. Yeah. yeah, I remember when Joe Sackick was like the joke of the league when Colorado was bad. <laughs> Everyone was like, "This guy should be a GM. He should have just stayed home in retirement." And look at him well, now. He it looks pretty good. Now, now they have their yeah. defensive prospects are beyond anything I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kale McCarr, the Hobie Baker winner, and that's good enough. But then, like, all of a sudden, did you just say did you, did you did you just say Kale McCarr, the Hobie Baker winner, not the Calder Calder Trophy winner? But wasn't he all? He won, he won the Hobie too. I know yeah, he won the Hobie, but <laughs> okay, he but also I'm saying, won I'm saying the Rookie before, of the I'm Year. I'm saying when they drafted him, okay, they had uh, him. Well, no, they he dra- didn't win. He didn't win the Hobie when he he won the he won it like two years after. I'm year saying after. when he, he was their prospect. I'm saying when he was their prospect, like when they when when he wasn't playing games yet. Yeah, that's what I was. That's what I meant. They're, they're blue and then they all, like that's what I'm saying that they had him as a prospect, and then they also they secretly got Bo and Byron too. They're also Sammy I mean, they're both, too is so yeah. underrated. Doesn't hurt when you got two fourth fourth overall picks. And God, God, we're a new podcast, and I'm still getting chirped. Like, oh, I'm happy for all those uh, Colorado Avalanche fans out there in uh, beautiful Colorado. Maybe they can actually yeah. get it done this year. We'll see. Three names that are still in the system for Colorado is Bowen Byram. Uh, well, he he jumped Justin up to Barron, be... yeah, and uh, Connor Timmins, I think. Is, yeah, yeah Bo- Bowen Byram's been playing, so I don't yeah, think he's, he's hit. Games. I don't know if he's hit seven yet, but he's played a good amount so far. I would still call him a prospect. Yeah, it's fair enough to say it. They can still pump the brakes on him for another year if they wanted to. I don't think that's gonna happen. No, I think they're gonna leave he's him up too. there. I would too. Don't they also have Alex Newhook on offense too? Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, that's a that's a <laughs> stupid. That's us. How do you have the, the, one of the best teams in the NHL and you still have one of the best prospect teams? Dude, they just win drafts. Like you see, so many teams like the draft picks don't pan out. I mean, I feel like all of Colorado's picks in the last five years have panned out somehow. Pretty much, yeah. And I mean, they also finessed Toronto in that COD deal. How did they? In 2019, how they how do they have the 16th overall pick? Whose pick was that? Because that's who they got. New hook. How did 2019? Um, yeah, I don't know. They they they, was, they weren't bounced in the first round, were they? They did get bounced a, in the first round. They lost to Calgary, ah, didn't they? Am I completely mistaken, or did they not lose in the first round? I'm pretty sure they lost I to don't Calgary. Remember. I'm almost 100 percent they lost to Calgary in some round. No, that was their pick, 16th overall. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, they but to get new hook there, to get new hook there is like actually pretty crazy too. I mean, yeah, because he was in the BC. Like people weren't really talking about him that much. 
I know he projected in the first round, but he wasn't projected. Oh, Seuss. And Caulfield went to 15 in that draft, right? Yeah. Like that. yeah Where did Zegers go? Where did Zegers go? 12? Zegers? No, he went 8th. Yeah. Turcott went 5th, I think. Yeah, Turcott went 5th. Zegers went 9th. Broberg went 8th. Cousins, cousins, cousins went, Dylan Cousins went 6th. Yeah. No, he went 7th because 6th was Detroit. 6th was Detroit. Yeah, so he went, Cider went 6th, right? Or he's Cider? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Cider's a defenseman, right? Yeah, he's he's sick. I, I'll give you Detroit fans that one. He's pretty sick. This draft is actually like on paper. This draft is pretty good. I mean, honestly, I it was like two years two years ago. So yeah, a lot of these kids aren't going to pan out. But like the hype surrounding Detroit the players fan. in this draft are all pretty hot. I I I think so too. I know one Detroit fan. I've met one Detroit fan ever, and it's Sean Williams' dad. Oh, is he root for Detroit? And, uh, yeah, because he used to wear that big red uh, Detroit jacket, and then he used to tell me, like, you know Sergei Fedorov that wore 91? I'm like, I know Sergei Fedorov. I was like, yeah, best 91 ever. I'm like, all right, white skate. Sergei Fedorov on white skate. If you, made a team, a if you made a team yeah. of NHL players who wore 91, that's a sick roster. It's a really good I'll, team. Let me just freestyle a little bit. Tarasenko, Sergei yeah. Fedorov, Steven Stamkos, John Tavares, uh, Anthony Duclair, Tyler Sagan. I know the 88. 88. Looks, though, like, I, looks like I got to play. It looks like I got to play D, but. That's the last dude. Do 84 now. Have fun with that. Grabowski is the only one that comes to mind. Garbage hockey. I, I think that's a perfect dude. a legend. I think it's a perfect place to end this episode on also, Mikhail Garbage hockey. I don't know if you mentioned him. Uh, Stamkos also. Yes, I did. I did mention said that. Okay, I sorry. I missed that. <laughs> It's it's all right. Um, this this was a fun episode, the first ever episode of Pigeons in a Pod on the Intermission Sports Network. Um, we're gonna be back again next week. This is gonna be a weekly occurrence. I will probably not be on every episode, but you're probably gonna see one of us four on almost every single week. Uh, make sure you check out everyone's new articles. I don't know if anyone here has new articles coming out, but they Make all the have pipeline team. preview on Saturday. Yeah, if you like baseball, go check out Kalen's stuff. Shields page should be up sometime this week. I think Toronto has a page up too somewhere. USA article dropping from him. Um, yeah, thanks for coming. You got a fast car. I got a plan to get us out of here. Been working at the convenience store. Managed to save just a little bit of money. Won't have to drive too far. Just cross the border and into the city You and I can both get jobs Finally see what it means to be living